Welcome to SNAP, survivors of narcissistic and abusive personalities. This educational recovery podcast is presented by Claremont Mental Health and Mandy Friedman, licensed professional clinical counsellor. This presentation contains vital information for survivors of abuse. Topics include the spectrum of abusive personalities, targets of abuse, abusive relationships, and survivors in recovery. We hope this information helps you gain solid footing and clarity as you navigate your road to recovery. professional clinical counselor and clinically certified domestic violence counselor, the um, creator of the SNAP program, which is survivors of narcissistic and abusive personalities and the owner of Claremont Mental Health. I've got two things to present to you today. Uh, one is a little bit of a short book review that I've been, um, it's been on my list of things to do for a while. And then another thing that's been on my list of things to do would be the uh, video called how they're victims of their own messes. Narcissistic, abusive, manipulative people tend to be victims of their own messes. Uh, we're gonna talk about that. This could be maybe a 20 minute video, so um, we'll just go ahead and get started. Well, let's do the book review first. This is A Mind is a Terrible Thing to Manipulate by Michael Sunset. It is concise, to the point, easy to read. Um, I feel a little jealous because it's kind of the style that I would have written my own book in have I, if I had written a book. Um, but he goes over the basics of gaslighting and projection, covert narcissism, um, having to, things having to do with um, you know, bipolar disorder or psychological or emotional abuse, and you know, talking about um, legal issues when there's high conflict legally as there's a divorce or um, having to you know, fight for custody and things of that nature. But he tells a little bit about his story. Oh, and he mentions uh, smear campaigns. We all know about that, right? We're gonna talk about that a little bit more in a second, actually. But you know, importantly uh, is healing and recovery. That's the chapter 13, the last chapter, healing and recovery. We have a class on that as well. Um, the, the last class, the class four of our SNAP program is uh, survivors and recovery. But anyhow, I just wanted to promote this book because I felt like it was really well written and it, it sort of hits all the marks that it should and it's easy to read um, and I love that on the, on the cover he calls it emotional torture. Um, we call it psychological warfare but um, this guy gets it. He's on Facebook, Michael Sunset, and you can buy the book on Amazon. It's called mind is a terrible thing to manipulate and speaking of manipulators we're going to talk about how manipulative toxic exploitative narcissistic people are victims of their own messes right now first i gotta say that there's a difference between how we might make a mess right when we're in a healthy state versus how they make a mess when they're in a narcissistic or unhealthy toxic state Healthy people take responsibility for themselves. Healthy people learn from their mistakes. Um, and <laughs> narcissistic manipulators do everything except that. They do everything to avoid taking responsibility. They do everything to avoid having to clean up after themselves, right? 
Um, and in general, what we're talking about is a lot of avoidant behaviors. And what are we avoiding? Again, we're avoiding uh, responsibility, we're avoiding work, we're avoiding the truth, we're avoiding pretty much everything except for the things they really want to accomplish um, and what they want to gain. If they don't like it, they're not going to do it. Um, so they're going to do things that create consequences, but they're going to take those consequences and they're going to craft it carefully into a victim narrative, right? Okay, so let's start with um, what are the things that they're avoiding, which I just mentioned. Responsibility, they will also avoid clear communication. They like that cryptic, you know, coded way of communication where you have to like, you know, seek clarity and ask for them to, you know, could you reword that? I don't quite understand what you meant. Um, so they, they avoid communication in general. There's ghosting going on, um, or they'll be strategic in their communication so that uh, there is no clarity. Um, that's one of the things that we talk about that you won't get clarity, you won't get justice either. There will be no shared understanding, there will be no um, closure, right? Right. They avoid all of those things. They like things to be chaotic, dysfunctional, confusing, and that helps them with those smoke and mirrors tactics, you know, so they can sort of blend in and their mistakes and their intentions can be hidden under all of the mess. Okay, another way that they create messes would be in lifestyle choices. So who they're dating, um, they'll have a, a parasitic living situation possibly. So we'll have a full grown, you know, able-bodied person who has a good job even that could afford to live on their own, but they'll be mooching off of or leeching off of family members or something like that living in a basement while also having children that come over on the weekends to hang out in the basement instead of just getting your own apartment sort of thing, right? So lifestyle choice, life, lifestyle choices um, are, is something else we're going to talk about in a second. So how they, um, their, their avoidant behaviors include, oh wait, no, lifestyle choices include uh, geographic locations as well. So if you know narcissists, boy, they sure do like to move around a lot. And you'll hear stories of, well, I took a great job in California and the kids are just going to come out and see me once a month on a weekend. Like, hmm, okay. Um, so someone who moves around a lot, somebody who tries that geographical cure um, from time to time. So um, that's a lifestyle choice when you decide to up and move and leave your kids and then make it difficult for everyone because you chose to move far away. Um, because you ran out of people, ran out of options, ran out of... Um, ran out of, you, you have run everyone else out of patience around you, right? So they run out of resources, they get bored, and they'll up and move, and then they'll have all brand new targets, and they can start with a whole new persona. So when you decide to do that, right, um, that creates a mess for everyone. But then they'll get to that new location and be like, oh, I never see my kids because my, you know, my ex keeps them from me. Um, and, and, and so there's a sob story there. I just, I had to move because I couldn't find the good work, and yeah, then I, that's true, I don't get to see my children now, but, you know, hey, you got to move where the money is, right? Okay. Um, <laughs> so, there's also partying, and like that nightlife lifestyle that they like if they're super extroverted, so there's a lot of going out and spending money, and drinking and drugging, and partying, and hanging out, and, you know, going to the after party type stuff. Um, and that's a lifestyle choice that people make. 
and then of course who the person is dating you know I mentioned that a second ago when we decide to date someone who um, <laughs> who brings nothing but conflict into the scenario sometimes they'll do that purposefully it's like Ooh, look who I'm bringing um, so they'll triangulate and bring someone else in that they're dating that just makes everything um, somehow that much more complicated or worse um, okay another way that they create messes would be with their martyrdom okay so they'll come to you with a story of martyrdom and the martyrdom will include um, you know the ways that they uh, have lost their kids or the kids don't like them anymore because there is some parental alienation going on so they'll claim that the ex has alienated them from the parent or from their children um, and, and really what's going on there a lot of times, right, is that they have ignored boundaries, they have ignored court mandates, they have not developed healthy relationships with their children, the children are smart enough to know that and they don't wanna see these, they don't wanna see them anymore um, or they don't wanna see them as much. Uh, and then they'll tell a tale of how their ex is alienating them from their parent, but actually if you know the story, the story is that when they were married, um, the person was never around, was never present for important things with the kids, never bothered to develop true relationships with them. Um, and then now that they're divorced, all of a sudden they love their kids and they want to spend time with them. Uh, and the kids are like, no thanks, you're a dick. Um, and, but, but anyway, so they'll come and they'll present this story of how, you know, their, their crazy ex has turned the kids and poisoned them against them. Um, and, and, you know, you hear me use gendered language, and this happens both ways. I don't need the comment to remind me that. I am very much aware that there are very manipulative, toxic, evil women out there too, right? Okay, so um, generally speaking, though, our clients tend to be women, um, but we do have a growing number of male clients now that we have Ryan Worthen on staff. So keep that in mind. Um, and then, you know, another thing with martyrdom would be that they will do nice things for high-value targets and then neglect the low-value target. So what's a low-value target? You are. <laughs> if you're in their immediate vicinity, you're the child, you're the spouse, um, you, you have nothing to bring to the table for them other than responsibility and expectation, right? They don't like that. So you're looking to them like, hey, you didn't do this, you didn't do that. Could you treat me nicer? Could you treat me better? I didn't like the way you did this. They don't want to hear that. They don't want to, that you're a low value target now. But the neighbor who has, you know, Bengals season tickets or something, they'll do something really nice for that person. Or how about this one? I hear this a lot too. The new person they're dating, that person's children will get nicer Christmas presents than their own children, right? So the reason why I listed this under martyrdom is because the narrative will sound like poor me, things have happened to me, and, um, and look at how great I am. I do this, I'm charitable, um, you know, all the stuff I did for those kids, you know, while they were growing up, and I bought my wife this really great birthday present, and then she treated me like garbage. It's always like, I did great things, right, and then I got treated like garbage. So martyrdom, when you hear that theme, um, can be suspect. Um, now, I'm just going to quickly list a few more ways that, that they um, make messes and how they make those messes. And then we're going to talk about why it is that they use this particular manipulative practice. 
Um, <laughs> and some of these are funny because I actually have like stories in my head from my clients of with examples of these things. Um, but there's some grandiose overconfidence going on. This is the person that's smarter than the lawyer who knows better than everyone else. Um, who they never are held accountable, which a lot of times they're not. It's, it's, it's a freaking miracle, a miracle. I don't understand how um, they tend to weasel out of consequences, right? But they have this sort of grandiose overconfidence that um, things will go their way. Uh, and then what happens is that grandiose overconfidence results in a consequence and then they use the consequence as the story of victimhood, right? Okay, then we have selfish decisions, which we've already listed a bunch of selfish decisions. So they make a selfish decision, there's a consequence, but then the consequence is the victim narrative. Then we have, um, oh, not finishing things. And what kind of things would they not finish? A loan, uh, a school program, commitments, keeping appointments, projects, things that they leave um, undone or unresolved, right, they, they will not finish stuff. And then there's all these dangling, hangling things all over the place. Now the doctor's office is going to charge a no-show fee. Um, and now they owe that doctor's office so they can't go back there now. I don't know why. Now i got to find a new doctor. You know, no, you, you missed your appointment, you no-showed, and that's their policy. <laughs> right, it's a consequence, right? You're, you're just like everyone else. But they can't follow the rules, right? That's really what it comes down to is because they're uniquely um, special, right? They're so special and unique that rules don't apply to them. And that's in the DSM um, in terms of diagnostic criteria for antisocial personality disorder is that the rules and laws don't apply to them. And we're seeing a lot of this right now, aren't we? Mm -hmm. I was just out uh, running an errand today, looking around at how many people can't follow rules um, because they're somehow unique or special, I guess. I don't know, a little, little narrative there of my own. Um, and here's a good one, here's a really good one, is that they will decide not to take advice, criticisms, or suggestions from people. Yeah, ask someone who's an expert, perhaps, instead of thinking you're an expert when you have zero training or education on a topic. Um, ask someone who knows. Or how about instead of just dumping your narrative on people, listen to what they have to say about it. Maybe they have a good idea of something that you could do to make things better, but they never take your suggestion. So this person comes with a sob story, but I don't know what I'm gonna do, man. I don't know, man. And then, you know, you might say, well, maybe you write your kids a letter and tell them how you feel and that you love them very much. He'll never write that letter. Oh yeah, that's a good idea. He'll never do it. He'll never do it. So then the boss says, I'd appreciate it if you could dress a little nicer and show up on time. Right? Now they're being persecuted. Oh, okay. he picks on me. He picks on me. He's a victim. No, just stop dressing like a slob, you know, and show up on time like regular people have to do because you're just a regular person like everyone else. Um, then they get um, written up at work or they get suspended or they get fired and it's because the boss had it in for them or there was a miscommunication or they, or this is a great one, I have no idea why I was fired. I don't know why I was fired. I have no idea. Um, okay. Um, okay. So 
yeah, can't follow the rules, can't take suggestions or advice, uh, and then there's some substance and substance, excuse me, substance issues too in here sometimes where someone has consequences because of their drinking and drugging, and they don't mention that part. Um, they don't mention that they don't drive because they don't have a license now. They'll say that they don't drive because the ex-wife took their car and they can't afford it to, to, to replace it right now. And their boss has an inform, so they don't have a job. And, you know, this other place they owe money to because there was, you know, a mix-up. And so, mm, you know, I, I, I don't know why these bad things keep happening to me. Anyhow, um, now, why is it that they do these things? And I think it's pretty obvious, but we might as well just go ahead and say why. And one is to gain sympathy, because if you feel sorry for them, then you're more pliable and you're more easily manipulated because you have this sort of idea that they could use your help, right? So you will offer um, support, you'll offer an ear. Um, so when, you, when you're sympathizing and they, they gain your sympathy, remember, narcissists thrive on attention and emotion. So they have your attention and you feel really bad for them. Um, they love that, they love it. Especially if it's a man and you're a woman and you feel bad for him. Oh, that poor guy. Gosh, he is such a nice guy. It's just too bad. He doesn't deserve that, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but actually he created his own mess, right? Okay. Um, and then they want to control the narrative, right? Remember smear campaigns? They're going to go around and make sure. They're going to triangulate, make sure this is what really happened. They're going to tell you this, but this is what happened. Um, they need to control the narrative. That's a big thing for them. They're crafty about that. Controlling the narrative is pretty much everything because the narrative is their reality. Let me say that again. The narrative is their reality. That means that reality is malleable. Reality is plastic and workable. Um, as things happen in real life, they then shape it and craft it and twist it into a narrative, which then becomes their reality. Okay. Um, and then also it will help them gain resources. So people will offer support. Um, and so that could be resources like a place to live or someone paying the bills um, or gifts or, um, you know, financial help, but, but other things as well. Then, of course, attention, which I mentioned a second ago. They love to be the center of attention, and they want your attention especially. But really, really, when it comes down to it, the reason that they're doing this is to avoid consequences and then to be able to gaslight basically everyone that it's a, none of this happened. It's like there's a man behind the curtain. You know, Look over here. Don't look over there. Look over here. Oh, no, don't look at the man behind the curtain. This is what's going on, right? So it's smoke and mirror tactics so that they can just pretend like none of it exists, that none of it even happened, that they had nothing to do with it, right? And wipe the slate clean. And furthermore, now they have you. It feels bad for them. Uh, okay, I think I covered this. It wasn't exactly graceful the way that I did it, but I'm out of practice. So um, like I've been saying, maybe I'll do more. We'll see. Maybe I'll even do another one today. Hmm. All right. I hope everybody enjoyed this, and I hope you learned something, and we will see you next time. Bye. If you like this podcast, subscribe and leave us a review. Find Mandy Friedman, LPCC, CCDVC on YouTube and Facebook.
Join the SNAP Survivors of Narcissistic and Abusive Personalities Facebook group and follow us on Instagram at the official SNAP. Thanks for listening.